Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. We're taking a look at what speakers cover at our events, turning our attention this time to the event titled Mass Taught Multi-District Litigation Proceedings and What You Must Know and Do. The webcast's available for on-demand playback at any time and we were joined by Stephen Barber, a partner at Steptoe & Johnson LLP. We also heard from Dan Trainen, a partner at Wilson, Elsa, Moskowitz, Edelman and Dicker LLP. More information about our speakers and their agenda will all be found in the description box. You'll also find the link to sign up to get a hold of this recording. You'll also see the code PODCAST25, and when used at checkout, PODCAST25 gets you 25% off your very first webcast registration. Let's hear from our speakers now. This is Steve Barber. I'm a litigation partner at the Washington, D.C.-based firm of Steptoe & Johnson. MBLs account for one-third to one-half of all federal court litigation in the United States today. I'm going to be spending the first part of my time going through some of the basics, the statutory framework, the structure and organization of MBLs, and other procedural mechanics. Then I'm going to dive in to two important topics, the first being the bellwether case process. We'll go through case selection, definition of the issues, advanced discovery, and trial. Bellwether trials are critical because they're, in effect, test cases. They're a way for the parties to learn the true strengths and weaknesses of their claims and defenses and hopefully drive uh, the parties towards a global resolution of the case. The second aspect I'm going to be covering in more detail is the dispositive motions practice in MDLs. This can be a very effective tool for weeding out weak claims and also for getting guidance from the court on critical issues that cut across many different cases. In closing, I'll go through some of the recent developments some reform efforts that have been in place, both by the Judicial Panel on Multi-District Litigation and by the U.S. Congress. Efforts such as enhanced procedures for interlocutory review and plaintiff fact sheets, both of which are attempts to weed out and winnow down cases that are not as meritorious as is typically found in MDL proceedings. I look forward to participating in this event. My name is Daniel Trainin. I'm a partner with the law firm of Wilson Elzer. It's a national law firm. I'm one of the co-chairs of the life sciences practice, and I also uh, do a lot of uh, large-scale coverage litigation. Uh, I've been involved with several mass torts that have, uh, some have gone to MDLs and some have not. Um, I'm going to give a little detail about uh, my experience in the, in the MDL process. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to really focus on is uh, why mass tort parties like MDLs as a mechanism to try to resolve their, so their disputes. Uh, in particular, uh, I'm going to talk about the coordination that's involved in an MDL and the efficiencies that are created when uh, the parties uh, uh, agree to use an MDL process to resolve a mass tort. Um, uh, with the ultimate goal of using the bellwether trial process as a test case, as Steve just pointed out, um, 
to uh, reach a final resolution of the disputes raised. Uh, I'm also going to talk about reasons why parties may not like a, a mass tort. Uh, I'm sorry, an MDL to resolve a mass tort. Um, sometimes MDLs invite uh, more lawsuits, press about lawsuits. Uh, some parties, uh, because of their position, uh, may not want the efficiencies that are associated with the, with an MDL, um, and uh, uh, and or they may not want to put all of their eggs in one basket, which is kind of what you do when you're in an MDL. You're you're basically uh, placing all of the many of the significant issues that are going to be resolved in, the case, in, a, in a mass litigation in front of a single judge. Uh, I'm also going to talk about the uh, MDL creation mechanics, uh, the kinds of things that are necessary to establish an MDL, um, uh, including factual commonality, common defendants, uh, and, and, and a degree of complexity. Uh, these are the, the sorts of elements that the uh, uh, the JPML, the, the, the panel that makes the decision regarding uh, whether or not an MDL should be formed, will look at. Uh, there's an I'll talk about the application process, um, what the JPML decides uh, whether an MDL treatment is appropriate, and um, if they do decide to make it, uh, create an MDL, uh, how their decisions may impact the litigation in terms of what forum and what judge is going to ultimately decide uh, the major decisions in a mass tort litigation. Um, I'm also going to just talk about the MDL litigation process, you know, very general overview, um, really starting from the pleadings um, through the bellwether selection process, um, the uh, uh, discovery and experts uh, for those bellwethers, uh, and then and then finally uh, talk a, a bit about the meaningfulness of a bellwether trial. And incorporate my, you know, my own experiences uh, in the bellwether process, uh, the bellwether trial process, and in the MDL process generally. Uh, finally, I'm going to talk uh, about uh, a recent, you know, my experience in MDLs, but also a, a, a recent MDL that's been in the news quite a bit, which is the uh, National Opiate uh, Litigation. Um, while I'm not uh, litigating for any of the part parties in that litigation, if I was, I probably couldn't talk about it. Uh, I am monitoring that for uh, that litigation, and as a result, I have uh, been able to see exactly what's been going on. And I'm going to highlight a very specific new concept that was introduced in the opioid litigation, which is the opportunity to potentially use a negotiating class, which is typically reserved for class actions, uh, in the MDL process. And what that might mean for future MDLs if that uh, negotiating class process uh, is allowed to uh, ultimately go forward and survive the many challenges that we're expecting to see in the national opioid litigation. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget this event is available for on-demand playback at a time to suit you. Information on how to get that recording, more information about the speakers and the full agenda, all in the description box down below. And don't forget about the code PODCAST25 when used at checkout. That'll get you 25% off that first paid webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you at future Knowledge Group events, and until then, take care. Bye for now.